Hi, this is Sammy Smiles, and I'm your host, Sammy Vance. This podcast is sure to leave you inspired and with a smile. Now let's get right into it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to this week's episode with Sammy Smiles. I'm your host, Sammy Vance, and today we have the amazing Anna Dew with us today. She is amazing and we met not too long ago on Operation Awesome and I got to learn about what she does and as she says in the video we're like soul sisters and projects so I think that's really cool and she just does so much to help our environment and to teach people about uh, helping our environment and everything it's just super inspiring and amazing so um, yeah thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. No problem. So to start off, can you tell us a little bit about what you do and why you do it? Yeah, sure. So uh, what I do is I look for microplastics or plastics that are smaller than five millimeters. And I'm specifically looking for it in the ocean and on the ocean floor. And the reason why I'm doing this is because plastics are already a big problem. I'm sure we've all heard about things like the Great Pacific Garbage Patch and all the other garbage islands. But I guess what I realized not a lot of people thought about is how even though those big plastic islands are really a huge problem, the biggest problem is actually quite small. It's these microplastic particles. And it's because they're so small, like of course, they're a lot harder to find and to see. And so I wanted to come up with a way that we could easily find or at least predict where these microplastics are located. So I've been looking at various different environmental factors to see if I could get a general sense to find those microplastic particles. Yeah, and I absolutely love that. So um uh, you already explained a little bit about this, but mm-hmm. can you tell us a little bit more about what microplastics are for the people that don't necessarily know? Yeah, so like I said, microplastics are plastics that are smaller than five millimeters, and they can enter the ocean in many different ways. They can either enter the ocean already as microplastics, and that's from things like, for example, when we're doing laundry and it's washing our clothes, a lot of times we have clothing that are made out of a little bit of plastic, so those microfibers can be washed into uh, water. And there are also things like uh, facial creams or facial cleaners, like you know how they have small microbeads inside of them? Those are also a source of microplastic pollution, but other times we have plastics that uh, enter the ocean as larger pieces of plastics, like plastic bags, plastic bottles, and they get broken down through various different types of methods. For example, some animals might eat these plastics, or they might be broken down and cleaved by ultraviolet or all sorts of different things. But these microplastics eventually become so small that people can barely see them, and they're so hard to find. Yeah, that's really interesting and um, motivates me to, to help watch out more for what I'm like using and stuff because like the way you're saying it it really can make a big impact and Mm -hmm. just like those small things can make a big impact so yeah I'll definitely be watching out more um so you do so much what is one of the biggest obstacles that you have had to overcome I think that uh, personally, one of the biggest obstacles that I had, especially when I was first starting out working on my project, is that a lot of people would see me. And of course, like when I was first starting out this project, I was 12 years old. And so people would see like almost like a kid, basically. And they would think like, is it really plausible for someone like me to try and tackle a problem as big as the issue of plastic pollution? And so uh, I guess it was just people not really like having like like, you know how parents sometimes will say some things like, uh, I believe in you and like, you can try to do it, but it's like sort of like, 
you can try to think about doing it now, but you can only really make a change when you're older or when you're an adult. So I guess like just going through that and really proving myself, that was uh, one of my first major obstacles. Yeah, I love that. And I like to say that you don't just have to be an adult to make a difference. You could be a kid too. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I like to say that because it's true. Um, You can make a difference no matter who you are, what your age is or anything. Um, But you're also saying that you started um, your project when you were 12. Can you tell us a little bit about the start and how you got everything, like the word out about what you do and yeah, Mm -hmm. just the start of it all? Yeah, so I first started uh, coming up with the idea of trying to do something about cleaning up plastic pollution in general when I, so I live in Massachusetts and I live near a lot of beaches, so every weekend I would go to beaches and I've always had a hobby of like collecting sea glass and then turning them into jewelry. So I was collecting sea glass and one day I just realized that a piece of sea glass didn't really look like a lot of the other sea glass that I had and I later found out that it was actually a piece of plastic and so that sort of like got me thinking if these pieces of plastic can be in beaches where I live in places where I normally wouldn't think that there's a lot of plastic pollution because I had I used to think that plastic was just something that was like it was a very abstract thing for me like you hear about it on the news but it's not something that you see but then suddenly it was where I lived it was in a beach that was close to my home and so that's sort of what got uh, what kicked me off and made me want to start doing something about plastic pollution. Yeah, I like that. And I like how you described it as kind of like an abstract thing. I think that's really cool. Um, But since you've been working for like years, I guess we could say in the science industry, or I don't know what you consider it, but what has been your favorite part about actually um, about doing what you do, I guess? Um, I think that my favorite part is I guess really just like connecting two things that I really love doing because ever since I was young, I've always loved building things and coming up with solutions for problems. I used to love puzzles and things like that. And the finding out about the issue of plastic pollution is an issue that I really care about. It's something that I wanna work towards helping solving. And so I guess uh, being able to combine my interest with helping the environment as well as my interest in building things was something that was really satisfying for me. Yeah, and I love that because you're really great at everything, at everything you do, the building and uh, helping solve problems. You're just really good at that. So I think that what you do is really amazing. Um, so I have a book that is coming out on August 24th called Inspire the World, A Kid's Journey to Make a Difference. I also know that you, ha- uh, you published a book called Mic- Microplastics in Me. So can you tell us a little bit about Uh, that and what it is, but also how other people can get it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so my book, Microplastics in Me, is basically just talking about my journey through how I first found out about uh, the piece of plastic. It starts with when I went to the beach that day, uh, found the piece of plastic, and then it sort of just goes through my journey of learning about plastic pollution and then learning about microplastic pollution and then trying to do something to help solve that problem. And so in that book, I not only like show my uh, show the journey of creating my project, but it also includes some interesting scientific information that I've learned along the way. So I think that uh, I just really like that I I was able to both convey my story and also share some information that I've learned. Yeah, and I love that because it's inspiring so many people what you do. So I think that's really cool. And um, yeah, I just love seeing that. So you always, you seem to be doing so much all the time. Uh, Just for maybe other people, how do you always make time for yourself? Like, um, Yeah, because it always seems like you're doing so much and it's really cool, but 
I'm sure that you also have time to yourself, so. Yeah, so I guess a lot of what I do is, um, I think that what was really special to me about my project is that it's something that I love doing. So a lot of times when I'm like working on my project, I'm sort of like putting my own like little twist on things. Like for example, my um, when my very first design of my ROV, my remotely operated vehicle, is uh, it was something that I used to scan the ocean floor for microplastics. I called it the Nereid because I was also really into Greek mythology at that time. Mm-hmm. So I decided to like have a little fun with that. And so I guess just like combining like I was not only able to do something that I already liked doing but I was also like able to add my own like sort of twist my own personality into the things that I built so that was really fun yeah I love that and I I kind of agree with that with my project um Sammy's Buddy Bench project mm-hmm. it's something that I enjoy doing uh, so I think that's cool that we do things that are some uh, a little bit similar but also quite different but we have stuff in common as well so I think that's really cool um, like I mentioned earlier, you were on Operation Awesome. You were on, uh, you were one of the main people, and I got to actually meet you, which was so cool in person. Um, and yeah, you mentioned that we are kind of like soul sisters in projects, and I thought, I thought that was really cool. And yeah, like I said, inspiring. And so, what was your favorite part about being on Operation Awesome? Oh, I really liked a lot of different parts of that Operation Awesome. I guess like just I really liked the core idea of going to different communities and being able to do whatever I could in like a relatively short period of time, but like still being able to do something to maybe like help that community out in a little bit, even if it's uh, just a little bit. And so, yeah, like, for example, when we went to Fort Wayne, like I really enjoyed like, especially at the end when we were presenting what we've learned and also the new buddy bench, that was a real highlight for me, especially seeing all the audience yeah I would say that that was also a um, that was really cool to see and I loved watching what you guys could do and uh, like watching all the videos it really did inspire me to kind of go out to my community and help more and it was really cool but you guys helped our community a lot so I'm thankful for that um yeah, so before we get on to the rapid fire round, do you have anything else that you would like to say about what you do? Um, yeah, sure. I think that like what I do is uh, just create like uh, thinking about a ways to clean up microplastics is important. But another thing that I think is very important is not only just spreading the word about microplastics, but also like helping other people realize that even though like spreading the word about different issues is very important and there's no way that we can actually come up with solutions for problems that we don't know exist. But we also have to t- actually try to work on something too. And it can be something small. Like, uh, for example, you could just learn about ways that you could recycle correctly in your town, uh, finding out what's recyclable, what's not, and recycling all that you can, just spreading that word to other people and helping them make sure that they know how to recycle properly as well. Things like that. Even if it's just little things like that, it can still really make a big difference. Yeah, I agree with that. Like I was saying earlier, one small thing can make a big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I completely agree with what you said because it really can. And those are really inspiring words too. So I love that. Um, so I guess now we can get on to the rapid fire round where I'll just ask you a few questions and you can answer with the first thing that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. So for the first one, what's your favorite color? Purple. Favorite animal? My dog. He's a, he's a German Shepherd and I love him so much. I want a dog from a brother's allergic sadly oh no (laughs) Uh, favorite food fried rice 
Nice. Um, I already asked favorite color. So if you could have any superpower, what would it be? I would probably have uh, the superpower of being able to change reality because then I could like sort of make whatever superpower I wanted for myself. Oh, that, that's kind true. of cheating, but. No, no, I think that's cool. I love that. That's actually a good answer. I am going to start using that if someone ever asks. <laughs> okay, thank you. So, um, sorry, if you could, or would you rather be able to speak to animals or be, uh, be able to speak every language in the world? Well, technically, if I spoke every language in the world, I would also be able to that's speak true. to animals as well, right? Yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. Okay, good answer. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So um, I had a good one. Okay. I'm sorry, my mind does this sometimes where I'm, I'll like think of something and then it just vanishes from my mind. Oh, yeah, that's definitely happened to me, too, especially at the worst times possible, like when I I'm know. taking tests or... Yes. Yeah, I know. Okay, that is super relatable for me because I'll be like, okay, let's say it's a math test. Oh, I know all this, and then I'm testing, mm -hmm. and I'm like... Yeah, no, like wait. when you just forget that one key part in a formula. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, okay, now I actually remember it. Thanks. So... Would you rather be able to pause time or rewind rewind time? Probably rewind time because then I could like go back and like redo some stuff. Like if I, like for example, on a math test, if I forgot to do something, then I'd be able to rewind time, go back, fix my mistake, and then turn it in again. That's true. Yeah. Good point. Uh, yeah, I would pick that too. <laughs> um, so Thank you so much for doing this. Um, where can people find you on social media to follow your amazing journey? Um, well, you can find me on my website, uh, org, or my uh, nonprofit's website, Deplastics Initiative. So it's www.deplastics.org. Yeah, so make sure to follow her because it's really amazing. I was looking through your website and it was really cool because I love the way it's formatted. And then I was learning so many things about you. It was just super inspiring. So Thank yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> no problem. So for the last questions I ask all my guests, what is something mm -hmm. that makes you smile? Ooh, I think something that makes me smile personally is when I'm doing my outreach and when I'm talking to people all around the world, I guess just like seeing people's faces when they're able to like, when they're like, aha, I learned something new. That's always just so gratifying for yeah. me. And I'm really happy to be able to like spread the word about not just the issue of plastic pollution, but also I guess like the importance of people in my generation to work together in order to solve these big old problems. Yeah, I love that. And I'd say that makes me smile too. So, yeah, we really are soul, we really are soul sisters. <laughs> um, so, like I said, thank you so much for being on this podcast. Uh, it's really cool to reunite with you again. I guess we could yeah. say a little. Thank you so reunion. much for having me. No problem. Anytime. I think this is really cool and inspiring to me. So, for the people listening to this or watching this, thank you so much. And remember that you don't just have to be an adult to make a difference. You could be a kid too. I hope you have a great day. Bye. Bye.